Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for this late start. This computer is uh, giving me a little trouble here, but I got my system back up running. Uh, so welcome. T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. I am your host, Rosalind Jordan Mills, and welcome to Rosalind's Corner. Today is Open Forum. I got quite a few things I want to share with you tonight. So much going on in this universe, and I know there's so much stuff that everybody else out there would love to share, and I would love to get you on. Matter of fact, let's just go ahead and open his lines right now, because um, a couple of things I want to share uh, of course, it's T25CL Entertainment. Well, of course, we're an innovative company doing global distribution for independent music artists. And we're looking to do even greater things coming up in the future, expanding our, 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 um, our wealth and knowledge of you know, entertainment, uh, bringing concerts to the stage, uh, bringing um, more um, artists to the, to the site, bringing more music, a different genres of music. Oh, man, it's going to be awesome. Still awesome, okay? But um, go to our website at www.t25cl.com and uh, look at all the great information, the artists, the music that's online for you to download and to listen. Support the independent music artists, you know? They always need your support. They look for it, you know, because they got great music out there for you to listen to. And, of course, go to that website at uh, United We Stand to watch our movie. You will always be uh, surprised, impressed, and will really enjoy the movie, okay? Uh, so tonight is open forum. The floor is open. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, well, just about everything you want to talk about. Long, you know, it doesn't take us three hours, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. All right. But I want to start out with. Excuse me. I want to start with a couple of things that um, I was observing in the news today, and of course, it's going to of course start with the uh, number forty-five because uh, he was. Uh, wreaking a whole lot of stuff over there at NATO in those sessions and in those meetings that uh, they were having, of course. And um, it, it was said that uh, he, uh, he had really missed the reunification. First of all, he missed the reunification deadline. Uh, Trump's administration missed reunification deadline uh, for the, for the children, you know, the, uh, reunited with their family. So that was one thing that has taken place. And then, of course, um, wow, I know everybody knows about Papa John, right? But I, I want to go to him last because it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, melt over into what we're really going to discuss uh, when we talk about the N-word. Um, but then we talk about, uh, when we talk about Trump, and and uh, the news reporter, you know, we saw this on the news, and he says, tell people not to come to our country illegally. He says, if you want to come here, come here legally. Well, of course, we know that, but uh, the way that things has been going on has really been um, uh, an inhumane type of uh, adventure here for these children and these people, you know, trying to find, um, you know, a, a comfort zone, you might want to say. But... They said it was uh, was Trump's a comment to reporters as he boarded on the plane to come to go to Europe, you know, because he's going to NATO for that meeting, for the summit. Uh, and he says that's the solution. Don't come to our country illegally. Come like other people do. Come legally. Uh, what was his response? What was he responding to? Well, uh, they said a quick review. Uh, first, uh, let's, uh, let's we allow ourselves to grow numb to the horror of what the Trump administration has done at the border, 
it made a strategic and cruel decision to separate children, separate children, little babies, little infants, including toddlers and babies, from their parents, most of whom had come to the border from Central America's or uh, Central American countries seeking asylum. And they used those stolen children as leverage to get those parents to rescind any asylum claims and return home and to dishearten any future migrants. Now, now under pressure from the courts, the officials are struggling to reunite several these, these separated families. And even now, some of the kids don't even recognize, this is what's really sad, they don't recognize their parents because they've been separated for so long. But they come together. And then they say, oops, it turned out they didn't have a functional tracking system in place. So they can't easily figure out which kids belong to which parents. It's a colossal train wreck. Okay, it's unparalleled in recent memory and with dire consequences. Okay, frightening the children, trapped in cages, desperate and, and, and terrified parents, not knowing when and whether they will see their sons and daughters ever again. So instead of taking responsibility, Trump and his aides had uh, dodged and deflected, you know, uh, fighting and first blaming the Democrats. Uh, for the policy, which they had nothing to do with, and now pining with the problem uh, on, a, on a new scapegoat, the parents, okay? Uh, a federal court ordered the administration to reunite the, the, the children and the parents under the, age of 50, under, under the age of five by Tuesday. The administration can't. They say that they're so screwed up and, and, and chaotic. They're going into, you know, they're going to blow the deadline, which they did. And all Trump can say is, don't come to our country illegally. Come like other people do. Come legally. Well, if any other presidents would have said that. But, hey, that's just my opinion. You know, my thoughts about that. Um, but to go on about it, you know, it, it, it's a nice thought when you think about it and, and a powerful talking point. But, unfortunately, it's not all that easy. The United States a country more than 328 million less less uh, in uh, in fewer it might be 220,000 are, are legal uh, immigrants from Mexico every year, but for more far more um, we want to come either because they're they're you know you're fleeing from violence or because they are escaping those crushing poverty men and hope to work for a reasonable living. I remember visiting at, um, over there in uh, Mexico when I was going to Rosarito for a convention. And when I was traveling on that highway, all I saw was cardboard boxes on the, high, on the, on the sides of the mountain and long lines of clothes hanging from these lines, from these cardboard boxes. These were people's actual homes, okay? It's sad. It's sad. So it's a bad situation. And then from El Salvador, the United States grants legal status to just over 23,000 people. From Guatemala and Honduras, it's about 13,000 apiece. And, you know, the last affordable Department of Homeland Security status uh, are from uh, 2016, so no, no, no telling what it is now. Um, these are all countries rights with gang violence, and where members of vulnerable groups are particularly targeted, like gay men, lesbians, transgender people, face something terribly violent and discriminatory, while women who are abused by their husbands or boyfriends find little protection from the police, a problem also, you know, excavated. You know, they, they, they have a hand in that if the, if the partner is a gang member, okay? So fear is a feature of their lives. That's an everyday uh, occurrence in these people's lives. Fear, fear, fear to live. So when the word says come here legally sounds simple enough, but we don't let it over, you know, don't let it, let it in overwhelmingly majority of the overwhelming majority of people who want to come here legally. And so people, you know, take, you know, calculated risks because if you see there's so many of them who want to come to escape the, the violence, you know, and the death and the gangs and all that kind of, other kind of stuff and the cartels. But know this, virtually no one crosses the desert 
with a scared child or children for fun, okay? Or even from greed, for greed. When we talk of migrations and immigrants as faceless hordes or as insects who infest our country, it's too easy to forget they are simply human beings who don't have the same good luck Americans did to be born here. Okay, the United States is far from a perfect place, but the right to travel that Americans take for granted, the right to cross so many of the world's borders, enabled simply by a U.S. passport to which we are entitled by the randomness of birth, is a distant dream for most of the world. When you think about the third world countries. And most people in most of the world are just like you and me, preferring to stay near home if it's safe and if we can feed our families, barring that we will do anything to protect our loved ones, okay? After all, what we do and what you do if you were a mother in El Salvador, what would you do if you were a father in El Salvador? Knowing gang violence could claim your child, your daughter's life at any moment. Would you want to do somewhere or be somewhere better or safer? Um, we got that gang violence over here in the United States, you know, so I guess that you can put that in six in one hand, half a dozen in another. But what you do if you were a father in Honduras and you went to bed, you know, nightly, fearing, feeling the fear of your children's hunger, hungry bellies, knowing there are still, you know, to be more options when you wake up if you came to the United States. If you were a trans woman in Guatemala living in fear that every step outside could be your last and the police wouldn't protect you. Would you really solely on the narrowly, narrow legal channels, knowing the channels of, of getting legal status in America anytime in the next decade was slim to none, you know? And the person goes on to say, or, or would, you be, would you flee enduring hardships that, would, that, that comfortable and mainly well-protected Americans can't even imagine and, had to, uh, and, and head to a country that has harbored people just like you since it began? I read a, 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 a cartoon today, and the cartoon had an Indian and, and a white man standing, and um, um, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, I, I'm, oh let me, let me, I'm going to bring it back up, I'll bring it back up, I'll find it in a minute, okay? Um, it was about the 4th of July, do you want to celebrate the 4th of July? And the Indian said, uh, do you want to celebrate your, your freedom? He says, uh, um, well, I can't celebrate it. You're still here, okay? It's a food for thought. But human beings don't take the great risk of migration for fun and games. So if, if the Trump administration wants immigrants to come legally, it can certainly make it easier for them and especially for asylum seekers. Instead, the administration has made it very difficult, leaving desperate people with few choices. Imagine what it's like for them. And... They are, by the way, people. No hordes, no insects, no illegal, not illegals, just human beings looking like you and me without the safety and stability so many of us assume. We are lucky that the bottom has not fallen out of the American economy and that our dollars are worth something, that gay and lesbian people here at the very least enjoy basic legal protections, if not totally and complete safety. But I've seen that, too, because even that has come up in our news where hate crimes has risen, okay? That we had not had a war come to our shores. That gang violence, though a serious problem, is a serious problem as it is, is not a pervasive and endemic threat across all corners of the nation, okay? We're a nation of plenty, if also of great inequality, of, you know, a fixable problem, they say. But we can be a nation of great humanity, and we should choose to extend that humanity to the vulnerable human beings who need a handout, not a wall of separation. So that is a great, great uh, leeway to uh, anyone who may have a comment. I see I have uh, Lisa and Alex on the line. Good afternoon. Do we have you there? Good afternoon. How are you? Good, good. A lot of 
a lot of good topics you covered. You covered a lot of ground there. I really don't know where to begin, but, you know, I definitely, you know, I, I hear you set the tone for, you know, the the sympathy that needs to be displayed or the empathy when it comes to the immigrants, <clears throat> the immigrants and like you said, their people. And a lot of us really are missing the fact that, you know, it's finally becoming a topic that these people aren't just coming here for, for fun and games. They're leaving a very dangerous place and situation. So, you know, and then that makes us have to start thinking about and discussing what are they fleeing from and how does U.S. policy affect that, you know. So every time you follow the the, the money and you, it seems like when you backtrack with all these instabilities in all these countries, the U.S. somehow, somewhere has their hand in it. And I'm not saying it's always intentional to cause instability, but it just happens, you know. It's just, you know, going around the world spreading capitalism. And it's just it's just not really working. And I, I, I'm really just learning how dangerous it is, like you said, in all corners of the country. I thought it was just particular, you know, little pockets, but it seems like from, like you said, Guatemala, you know, when they start asking the people where they're from, they're from all over. They're not just from Mexico. You know, as the president seems to keep thinking. Oh, did you say something? Guatemala and other nations as well. Even right. even in the Philippines, the Philippines has a corrupt uh, politics over there where the corruption is all over. Yes, that they are supporting their drug cartel. You know, so that's a, that's a whole new story that could be told there. But um, it's, 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 a, it's, like I say, it's an endemic. It's, it's really bad what, you know, these people are going through. We can understand that, you know, we don't want, you know, these um, hard criminals and, you know, these rapists and whatever, you know, you, bad people, bad people. But we got bad people here. Okay, hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, is that, you know, these people are not, they're coming with their babies, you know, they're, 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 they're little babies. You know, these, these people are serious about getting out of where they are. Um, and that's why I said, that's, that's a question. I said, well, you know, I don't know if any other president would have said those words that he says, because he says such harsh words. And I know that sometimes you can think about, you know, where he's coming from, because he's coming from the, you know, old, you know, uh, what you call him, the, you know, old man uh, uh, talk, you know, back in the woods, you know, kind of talk um, um, that, hey, man, you don't, don't, come, don't be coming over here in my country. Don't be coming over here. You want to come over here? You come over here legally. You know, it's like a, um, what you call that mentality? It's like a, a thug mentality, okay? Um, and you think about, you know, how the people may really feel about that. Okay, I think we got Alex. Alex, are you there on the line? You listening in? Yes, I'm listening yeah. in. Uh, it's it's you know always a good topic. I like um, the open forum opening tonight. Um, you know, it's it's a serious uh, situation that's going on, and it's not new. It's it's been happening, right? So, um, you know, we we Trump organization is unique in that it's actually separating parents from their children now. Um, but, you know, previous administrations, you know, and even to name Barack Obama's administration was, he was nicknamed the deporter-in-chief. So mm. it's not something new. The, the heinousness of this situation now, why it's being brought so much to the public eye is because there are there minors involved, children, you know, little children being separated from their parents, and um, and you know it's turned into a debacle, uh, you know. But it's not it's not new. Um, it's just more yeah. publicized now. Um, and mm-hmm. and the other thing that we have to remember <clears throat> when you think about like Guatemala, because you know they, there are less people. Um, trying to get into the United States from Mexico than they are from Guatemala, Central America, that area, right? And if you, th- mm-hmm. if you remember during the Truman presidency, um, you know, the CIA had a US- U.S.-led effort to, de- to depose the, the current president of Gu- Guatemala during that time, and that was 1944 to 1954. And um, since then, Guatemala has been very 
unstable, right? So they mm-hmm. they deposed the government and then they put in puppet governments. And so since then, the government's been unstable. A lot of the natural resources that Guatemala has, you know, they're not able to export their resources. So there are a lack, lack of jobs and then lack of jobs through violence and all this other stuff, right? So these people are fleeing that. The, the thing that U.S. is not admitting to and won't, and I, I don't think they're doing enough to repair the damage that they caused back then that persists still now is, you know, help that country restore themselves. If you're not going to allow a certain factor of people into the United States, then you have to right the wrongs that you did back then that caused the situation to be perpetuated until now. And I think, um, of course, just as everywhere United States has been, take Iraq, for example, Africa, for example, you know, look at all these people fleeing from these places. These European entities have been going into these countries for years, destroying mm-hmm. the people's infrastructure and not allowing the people to thrive, right? And so that mm-hmm. it's just a culmination of of wrongs that people have done that's caused people to be in the situation. I don't think we're addressing the elephant in the room. Yeah, and the thing of it is, is we go into these nations, we go into these countries, do the disruption, and then leave, and then there's the Holocaust that's left behind. There's so much exactly. stuff, you know, the, the disaster and, like you said, the, the debacle that's left behind. Uh, um, no no um, strong structure to the government. Like you said, there's weak puppets that are being deposed almost every day, you know, and you're having people who uh, are, you know, uh, either uh, assassinated or you know taken out of out of position, or you have an uprising with all the people who you know want to you know take you out or you know just get out of position. Uh, and so it's it's you're right. The elephant in the room is called the USA. So right. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's not only the USA. It's in this particular situation. It's the USA. Right, because that's their South American, yes. Central American neighbor. But I mean, in other situations that are occurring simultaneously, is the USA and other European countries that are uh, oppressing these 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 third world or or less uh, financially stable nations. You're right, and and it's and it's yeah, and it's, it's the major the major countries, the major com- countries that are going in because look at what Russia's doing. Okay. Um, right. and, and then, and now China, you know, China and America, button heads and heads. And then, and then North Korea, not holding up to their promise. I think we're back into, you know, where we originally started from, you know, I think that was all just a sham because they right. are going about building their nuclear warheads with, with, a, with, a you know, with, uh, forever, you know, they're, they're really at it. So you have all this going on right now. And you think about, you know, the people that's, like you said, that's left behind. Um, but um, uh, look like we got another caller on the line. Is that Galaxy Chief? Yo, 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 hotel, hotel. What's up, You got it. All right. I got one question. One question for everybody on the line. You just had twelve kids over in Thailand, and a coach who voluntarily led these kids into a cave and he had to have known that a storm was on the way. So pretexting that, I can call him an idiot now. Why would this idiot lead them into a cave knowing that there was a storm on the way and then after it happened, here it is, you got Navy SEALs, you got doctors, you got nurses, you got helicopters on standby, hospitals on standby, you got military people coming from all over the world to rescue these 12 kids and this idiot coach. But right here in this country, you have these poor little Mexican children being locked up in cages on the border. How come this attention isn't given towards them and supporting these children in the cages? Anybody can answer. Well, how good the Alex tackle that one? Go ahead, Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, first of all, Chief, how are you? 
I'm doing okay, my sister. I'm just trying to solve this world's problems and we're <laughs> seeing all this madness that's going on. Oh this my God. evil stuff that's happened on this planet. And oh man, is is well, there a solution? Yeah, there's a solution. That's a whole other show. But go ahead. <laughs> why are we all the way over there when we have all this stuff going on in the United States? That's that's 12 kids from way 8,000 plus miles away from us, right? And we have a crisis mm-hmm. going on here. Why is every news station, every media outlet talking about this? Not that it's not a bad situation, but that's a local situation with 12 children and a man, right? And he's mm. an idiot, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to waste my brain time with that. I mean, if they would have <laughs> given it a mention in the, you know, paper and said, okay, you know, this is going on. You could feel bad, and but you got to focus on the task at hand. I think it's a distraction for us to focus on something else, somewhere else that has nothing to do with us so we could forget about what we have that's critical here at hand. That's that's just my thought. So you're saying it's a false flag? Yes. I mean, I'm not, saying that the, I'm not saying the situation is not, didn't occur. I'm saying it's a distraction. Uh, similar to the crisis actors and these massive murders in the, the schools and movie theaters and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, you know, it's just one hell of a contrast when uh, one day you see these children in cages separated away, away from the, their families and and somebody said it might even been on 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 this show or one of the other shows that the government officials were not allowed to even console those children because I saw that picture of some six foot dude with some type of uniform on, and this kid is looking up at him and crying and just wanting to be held. And this fool just looking down, but apparently there is some law or rule preventing the uh, border people or government agents or whatever they call to even picking these children up and comforting them and aiding them and all. Have you guys heard anything on that? No, I haven't heard that one. Well, I, I, I do remember seeing and hearing the story, and actually I saw this, uh, one video where one of the workers in there, she she ended up quitting, but she videotaped it saying, you know, just what you were saying, that they're not allowed to fool the kids. And, you know, so it just seems like, you know, these people are just carrying out, you know, Trump's agenda, and, and, and the temperature he's created in the country is pretty much like treating the children like they're not human. They, yes, they have no problem. To touch them, but you can go to Thailand and pick one of those kids right. up and tie them to your rubber suit and put a, a mask on them. You can touch oh, what them, about, but you can't touch these. What about that thing Elon Musk came up with in 24 hours and created to go send over there? That too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he got right on it. But why don't he help these kids out here? And then, then hell, come on into the inner cities and help some of these children out. Um, I think but I don't think there was that many. If there was, there were just more reporters over there that were doing part of the rescue. There were people from from that from Thailand and maybe yeah. surrounding countries. I don't think any any U.S. Um, no, US oh no, there were Navy SEALs that went in there. The Navy SEALs. Two, two Navy SEALs. Yeah, they had Went some Thai Navy okay. SEALs. They had a whole mixture. They had definitely their Definitely's own Thai right. Navy going right. in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So what's the, what's, what's the solution, Chief? <laughs> a whole different show. A oh, <laughs> whole different man. show. A whole different show. Oh, boy. I'm obligated to answer the question. I can't dodge questions. But the solution is the reason why you go to church every Sunday, but take it to a much more higher and practical level. See, 
I've said it a little bit when I came on, and I've said it on my shows, and I've I've said it on other shows, that this is the manifestation of the war of good and evil. And the reason why I brought the church into it is because you guys touch it on it at the church, but you won't cross that line to really get into the real essence uh, well, see, now, uh, that's, that's where I'm going to stop you. That's where I'm going to stop you because you can't. No, 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 don't stop me. Let me keep going, then you can stop me at the end. And 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 but see, this whole thing is real. The manifestation of this whole thing is real. I mean, your opening dialogue and soliloquy was about real talk. And and you, I don't care if you listen to other talk shows. I was just listening to another talk show before I, I came on here. And this cat was listing off the five groups of the evil entities that are ruling this planet right now. But there are things that are going on, because I'm not dodging the question that you asked, but it's going to take an off-planet solution because we can't solve this this problem here on this planet. You can't solve it at the voting polls, you can't solve it at the church, you can't solve it at the mosque or synagogue or whatever. You can't solve it in the high schools, the colleges. It's not about that. It's going to take a much higher and greater power than this evil power that we're seeing and hearing on a daily basis. And, and you know, the common language when you say these sort of things is is uh, God and the devil. I mean, you can reference that as a benchmark point to uh, what we're pointing to, but I refer to it as the galactic family, the off-planet people, which is an extension of really what's being conveyed in the church. But it's it's the real deal. I mean, you're crossing the line and you're really smack down hitting on it. And you're calling for that higher power. And I don't care who you call it. You can call it God. You can call it Jesus, Muhammad, Moses, whoever you want to. But that higher power has got to come and deal with this devil because this has just gotten out out of hand. Okay, I'll shut up now and you can straighten me out on any point of contention that I have laid out. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner. Of course, go to our website at www.t25cl.com. Visit all the great information we have online. Of course, our independent music artists. Download their music, listen to their music, and of course, United We Stand. Visit and download the movie. You will be truly, truly entertained. Okay? All right. Oh, you want to you want to add something in there, Chief? Uh, regarding no, United We Stand was a great movie. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Everybody needs to check out United We Stand. If you saw it once, see it again. If you saw it three times, you need to see it four times. Go ahead and tell somebody else. Tell, pass it on. Network. Yeah. Let everybody know about United We Stand. Yep, okay. please do. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, um, Alex, did you have something you want to say? I'm oh, sorry. I was on, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I was um yeah. I I agree with Chief um, regarding the off planet uh, solution. I you know if we're talking about within the galaxy another entity, I'm not sure if that's the answer, right? But uh, mm-hmm. uh, unseen unseen. Uh, spiritual solution, something a force greater than something that I don't think we can conceptualize. We need that here because um, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, like I'm always going to preface that, you know, my first um, fight is, is for my people, right? So, you know, if I'm looking at our situation that we're in, you know, the lack of resources, the lack of opportunity that we have right now, the the situation that we're in in this country and around the world as a melanated people, we don't have, even though we have a lot of leaders out there, I don't think together as a group we have what it takes right now to make a 
significant change in our conditions. So mm-hmm. for that reason, I believe that we need something, a greater force bigger than ourselves uh, to intervene on our behalf. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, yeah. and especially when you say these leaders and these groups and 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 so they can only go so far, you know, first Friday, first Black Friday and with the other black group down that marches up and down the streets and and you know, it, it just ain't gonna cut it, you know. It just ain't gonna cut it. And we just gotta call at what I would say is it is all black folks all across this country, across the world, at, at that same time, go out and call on the creator, come on down and bail us out of this mess, because it is a mess. And without that divine intervention, we're just going to keep seeing the same old thing over and over and over. Yeah, because, you know, while all this stuff is happening, I mean, just talking about as it pertains to us, right, you know, this guy, 45, orange man, whatever you want to call him, he's busy cutting, um, uh, changing bills, uh, rescinding stuff that pertains directly to our community and and things that were put in place post-slavery, post-civil rights era that were to be our protections, right, because we knew what kind of nefarious beings we were dealing with, this guy comes in, and he, the little things that we have, he's he's rolling it back. And, I mean, you know, and I'm just speaking about the black American, blacks in America's condition. I can't even begin to talk about Haiti. You see what they're doing now. They sent the, the Marines over there. What is the American Marine doing over in Haiti to calm unrest of an independent country, the first independent country in the Western Hemisphere that was made independent by black people. It's a lot going on. So there's a, that's why I said those things like Thailand, that's a distraction. You know, the immigration thing, the thing that makes it nefarious is because they're separating kids, but they've been doing this, deporting people for a long time, and they're not even talking about the blacks that they've been deporting out of this country. So it's not just Mexicans. There's a large number of black people. And, you know, I'm from Jamaica, so I know they've deported a lot of Jamaicans back home. (laughs) You know, so it's it's a lot going on that we don't see because we're being inundated with TV with all of this stuff that doesn't pertain to us. It's it's, it's meant to take us off our, our, our focus. That's my thought. Exactly, and that's why I, I agree with you on that too. It's taken away from our focus because, like you said, there's so much going on under what you call it undercovers or under wraps that we don't, we could not even fathom what's really going on. If we were to really know what's going on in this country, even like when uh, we were talking about the undergrounds and these sewer lines and these, you know, underground pipelines that, uh, you know, people re- there are really actual people, actual cities underground that we don't have, you know, don't even know about. Um, I think Chief was talking about this. We were talking about this a while back, how there are people that's living, actual cities, living underground um, that we don't know about. Um, so much has taken place within this country that we don't know about. They're taking away, the, like you said, we're being inundated with these uh, stories from um, different countries um, that, we're not focusing in on what's going on with our own people here in the United States. Also, um, we talk about the poverty. I know that these children are, you know, are, don't have food and, 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 you know, places to live and, and the violence is going on. But look at the violence that's going on just right here. There's a man around here with a, right here in, um, down here in Southern California with a, with a chainsaw cutting his wife up in front of his kids, you know, um, and and uh, uh, an old man, ninety-one year old man, you know, a woman, he just, she, he just walked past her, and, he, and she busted him in the head with a brick, you know, with a cement block. So it's it's so much stuff going on within within our country that um, we need to focus on, and of course within our with our own people. You say with our own people, um, right? But just let me just mention one one bill that they're working on really hard to roll back. They're working on. Uh, cutting off the welfare system now 
you know, I know that we're not the majority that's on welfare, but a lot of our people, our needy people, are on that system. You know, they've already started when, when Trump got elected by doing the, 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 that program where they mail you a food a harvest box, you know, and reduce your, your, your welfare, um, I guess, your monthly income. Now there's a senator, uh, a group of them actually, working on eliminating the welfare system. So imagine how many of our communities are going to be affected, and we haven't even made a plan of how to get beyond that if that does happen or how to stop that from happening. So, you know, that's another thing. How are they going to do all this? Are they going to create jobs? How are they creating jobs when they're sending all these these, uh, companies overseas? Even Harley-Davidson. Here, Trump is going to get on Harley-Davidson because Trump and his administration are taxing people, you know, with the with the bringing in the steel, with bumping heads, again, with China. Um, and and the jobs are going overseas. So they're they going to come out the welfare They don't need us anymore. Robots? No. No. They don't. And so, you, but you got these people. How, how are they going to create jobs? Is he going to create jobs for these people? that don't have, you know, don't have welfare, or don't have, you know, only have welfare. I can understand because some of these people that on welfare, that's that's their that's their life game. You know? They 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 take take it to the hilt, you know, having baby after baby after baby and being on the welfare. Uh I've seen it. Yeah, but that's that's not I've the majority seen some of them, but I've seen some of them, you know, they they have their babies, but they'll get out there and get their education. They'll get out there you know, the, not be there, but at least they're trying, you know, to get the, get that education so they can get a decent job. But still, you got to find that job. I don't care if you get there. There are homeless people on these streets who are masters, have master's degree, who, who has their doctorate. And these are homeless people. So what does that say about this country and how are you going to cut off the welfare system? Right. No. Well, you, you know, the, the, the thing is we we have to um, make demands of the government, right? And, I mean, and right now in the situation that we're at, you know, we're so divided as a group of people that, you know, I was looking at this documentary the other day and they had a saying from Harriet Tubman. She was like, I could have freed a thousand more slaves only if they knew that they were free. And, you know, that they were slaves. And mm-hmm. and that really struck a chord with me because I'm like, you know, there's a lot of us out here in this world, in this country, I'll speak specifically about this country because this is where I live and this is my home, that we're so divided. We're on all different spectrums of thinking and we can't get the one thing that unifies us to bring us together and and because we're so busy trying to live on this corporate plantation with these white people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, you're here at g 25 Sale Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roswell's Corner. Of course, we have our other radio shows. Tomorrow night, we have Corey Jeffries with Soul Vibrations. And, of course, I uh, hope Chief will have his show on Saturday morning with United We Stand. Of course, we have uh, Compton Politics with Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. And... Uh, well, okay, we'll, we'll we'll leave it there, okay? But again, visit our website www.t25sales.com. All right, I wanna I wanna switch uh, switch gears here a little bit because there's so much other stuff I wanted I wanted to go through before we close out the show. Um, but you know uh, we're we're um, coming up on uh, 9/11 soon, and just today they had uh, this gentleman. He's, he's a uh, battalion chief. His name is, uh, name is Joseph uh, Pfeiffer. Uh, he was re- retiring today, but he was the first captain to uh, go into the uh, World Trade Center. It says uh, he was the chief of, of counterterrorism and emergency preparedness for the New York Fire Department. And then during his career, he has commanded some of the most largest fires uh, and emergencies in New York's history. Uh, he was the first captain um, or first chief at the uh, World Trade Center attack on the morning of September 11th and played a major uh, command role. 
during Hurricane Sandy. Everybody remember Hurricane Sandy there in New York. Um, and served as an incident a commander in the Metro North um, Community Train Derailment in 2013 and assisted in developing the Ebola response in New York City in 2014. And he is the founding director of uh, the Fire Department of New York's Center for Terrorism and Disaster Preparedness. So uh, they celebrated his retirement, and uh, he was the first to go in, uh, but he, him and his brother and nine other uh, um, uh, firemen went into the building, um, but he was the only one that came out. His brother um, died on the ninth floor along with the other firemen as well. So uh, we give a, you know, a shout-out to this uh, battalion chief who's retiring today. All right, so that was a good story. We all remember 9-11. That's another story that can be told. Woo-wee. Yes, yes. So much behind that one as well. But I wanna I wanna I wanna before I wrap up the show, because this this is something else that uh you know has been really, I guess, under everybody's crawl. And, and not for so much for us, because you know, as as black people, we we use this this, this word every day. Okay, we, we think about it, you know, a lot of us do. But when the use of the N-word, uh, I, I know everybody knows Papa John, right? Uh, and he had to apologize because uh, he was, um, he had used the N-word. And, you know, it uh, really hit, hit his, his business. Uh, people stopped, stopped buying from his business and he took a big hit. Um, even he said, he said, Colonel, Sa- Colonel Sanders called, uh, blacks the n-word and, and he was complaining that Sanders had never re- received the backlash according to Forbes so, so you know but still that was back then this is now um, but of course he uh, really got hit with that but there was a, 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 another person he said rapper says uh, um, it was Kendrick Lamar Kendrick Lamar in, in all the years this is what he said in all the years that I've been debating race and racism with white people, the most common response some have uh, uh, offered in their own defense hinges on black people using the N-word. And if they, if they can say it, why can't we? And this is what a white man said, okay? Why can't we? Uh, it, it's a question Kendrick Lamar might be hearing a lot following an incident on stage back here in May um, at a festival in Alabama um, and the rapper who, who um, headlined in, uh, the three-day festival along with uh, was the Chainsmokers and the Killers and somebody invited a group of people from the crowd for a, a rap-along, right? And with his rap-along, um, uh, things were, were going really great until one young fan, which is a white lady, a white, white girl, uh, who introduced herself as, as a whatever it is, uh, got the lyrics a bit too right, okay? Because... After she delivered the line in which she used the N-word, uh, it's repeatedly uh, said it several times, uh, Lamar became so visibly angry and told the fan that bleep was in order, was, was, was in order, and that it was totally out of line, and ultimately, ultimately uh, booted her off stage, right? So in, in using this, and you think about the, the response has been mixed. You know, there's some, some have uh, accused the young lady of being insensitive and, you know, foolish, failing to uh, understand the, the potential or the ramifications of white people using the N-word, okay? Meanwhile, others have wondered why, you know, Lamar didn't have a more a lyrically neutral song for the, for the, for the, for the rap-along, but, hey, uh, that's, that's Kendrick Lamar. He can sing what he wants. He's a multi uh, Pulitzer Prize. This, this, this rapper is a Pulitzer Prize winner, okay, for his lyrics. So, um, what do you think? I mean, because there's so many, so many, um, I don't know, so many opinions when you think about the N-word. Because, you know, for us, you know, it just comes out natural sometimes, you know. But then, you know, there's a story, and I'm going to go through that. But I, I want to get your opinion on that. What, what do you think, Lisa? I was just thinking, that I remember that story when it first came out. And I was like, you know. Maybe he should have made sure to pick, maybe uh, if he didn't want to see, you know, uh, white people saying the N-word, like you said, he should have either either chose a neutral song or made sure he didn't pull anyone out there that was white or who would offend him, you know. So, and their lyrics to a song, and, and 
not for nothing, but they call each other the N-word. You know, it's just slang to come out the kid's mouth nowadays. So, you know, with that yeah. girl, I think she was kind of young, you know. She's singing yeah, a song, she and she probably thought that she was doing good by singing it word for word, you know. And, and you know, it's confusing to them, too, trying to figure out who can say it and who can't say it. As long as we're saying it, they're like, well, why can't I? <laughs> and you know what? Every white, Mexicans, Koreans, yes. Chinese. They call, they call each other. They word, okay? They call each other. Yeah, there won't be no black person in the room. They call each other that word. Exactly. So I think he really, he shouldn't have did that, and I felt kind of bad for the little girl because she just was so proud and thinking she was doing good by singing Mm -hmm. all the lyrics, you know, impressing people. But, you know, Mm -hmm. he got really upset. She was singing too good. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, What about you, Chief? What do you think, Chief? Did you say he got this little girl out the audience? Well, there was a group of them. You know, there was a group of other, other people, and they were just, just grabbed a whole bunch of folks up, you know, and put them on stage and, and let them, you know, sing along with the song. So they were just singing along with the song, you know. And then when they were singing along with the song, you know, they, Kendrick Lamar's song got the N-word in it, you know. And they were just singing along, and they were singing it. And like I said, they were singing it too good. So when they kept on saying the N-word, it really got very offensive to him. So he booted her off stage. All right, well, here's what's happening. You see, the nigger word, you know, I'm saying that for sensationalism here on this worldwide radio network. Uh, the nigger word has transcended race. You know, us, us old folks, you know, we look at it from slavery and post-slavery as the worst word ever created. Now, after the crack era, when we lost identity, when we start killing each other and have no problems with shooting or cutting another black person, and then in common language, hey, nigga, what's up, nigga, what's up, what's up? What's up, my aunt, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's commonly used, hey, what's up, my nigga? Yep. And now with this rap music and hip-hop industry, it is, it has gotten in there, and the hip hop industry is more popular in white America than it is in Black America. Mm. Now, when the white folks uh, hear that, now here it is, they're little youngsters and stuff, and and so now they're calling other little white people, "What's up, my nigga? What's up, my nigger?" Or whatever, however they say it, and. And, but they're not even looking at it, going back to, to its original creation. It has something to do with slavery. They probably mm-hmm. don't even know anything about it. They just use it as a term of endearment, and they don't see any harm in it. A Mexican might say it to another Mexican. A Chinese might say it to another Chinese. Exactly. A white person will say it to another white person. A white person will say it to a black person. Uh, it, 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 but it's, it has transcended over because of the sign of the times with the hip hop industry and 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 how there's the, the what is happening now with the races. If you look at the television now, you look at these commercials, uh, and how many of these people now on these commercials are mixed. A whole lot of that now. And so this whole nigger thing, of course, now you go down to Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, and look at here. They they own something down there. They know what they're talking about. They Mm -hmm. feel that slavery thing. Mm -hmm. But when you get into the hip-hop era, they're using it as a term of endearment Mm -hmm. and have no knowledge of what they're doing. All they know is I got some baggy pants on and I guess now with the holes in them and and, and, and now I got a funny walk, funny hand signals and, and all this sort of thing and, and my slang jargon and guess what? Nigga, 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 nigga. White to white, Chinese, Chinese and, and, and Mexican to Mexican and young black folks to young black folks and and, and hell, I'm even seeing older black folks 
and just use it so conveniently in a course of conversation. Oh, but yeah. when we say it, it's different. It ain't the same. Bull Twinkie. It is. It, it is the same. All of it is the same. And, and so how come the black folks is the only, and not a race, but we're a nation of people that mm-hmm. have to have a negative connotation that not only we use, but other races use as well. You never hear well, white folks calling each other, oh, you you white trailer trash or you redneck or you peck of wood. They do uh, like in a derogatory manner. They're not doing it to, as, a, as, you know, as a, you know, uh, terms of endearment. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not doing it. And no other races call each other peck of wood. Mexicans ain't calling Mexicans peck of woods. And, oh, and black folks ain't calling and, uh, black folks redneck, honky, and all that sort of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so, but we are the only nation of people that the lowest phase of our reference is that N word is transcended over into race. And where other people use it as a money-making thing, or it's it's nothing. It's the chip off the old block. It's, they don't see the destruction that it's doing. Exactly. I wanna I wanna read this article because it was very in, in you know empowering. I was thinking about this, and I saw this. And this young man wrote this: If you truly knew what the N word meant to our ancestors, you'd never. Use it, excuse me. It was used and still can be used to make us hate ourselves. He mm-hmm. says a few, a few years ago, I, I read slave narratives to explore lives of black agricultural workers after the end of the Civil War. The narratives came from the Federal Writers Project of the Works Progress uh, Administration, a program that employed researchers from 1936 to 1938 to interview former enslaved people, producing more than 2,300 narratives that thankfully resided online and are fully researchable, which you can research online. But those whom the law defined as property recounted various unique human experiences, their daily horrors and monotonies, and how they freed themselves or learned of their emancipation, the surge of the exhilaration on, upon you know, securing freedom and how they endured life on the edges of a, of a white supremacy uh, society in, in the decades thereafter. So as he poured over the narratives, he said, I was struck less by their experiences as heart-trending as they were than by how their experiences sculptured their self perception, okay? The best explanation of what I, I gleaned, and this is what he says, what uh, social uh, scientists call internalized oppression, describes the psychological trauma that ensures when a person from a stigmatized group believes these negative stigmas. It says white folks indoctrinated them into accepting their supposed inferiority. These narratives illustrated the success of this campaign of mental terrorism, and no word conveyed the depth of this internalized oppression more than nigger. Now, whenever I hear the the epitaph, a, a, a vision of emotional representation of the heinous process by which a, a people, my people, were introduced to think they were less than trespasses into my thoughts. And after years of habitual use of the nigger word, I banished it from my my speech to honor the humanity that many never saw in themselves. The the internalization oppression revealed itself in many ways. Sometimes the, the former enslaved people clearly, perhaps subconsciously, considered themselves subhuman, just like how they're former owners regarded them as subhuman. Um, Jim Allen, he said, for example, dubbed himself uh, his master's pet nigger boy and and astray and thought himself privileged because he could sleep on the floor beside his master's bed. Wow. 
that he liked himself to a fortunate mangy mutt or frisky feline, it, it just crushed him. He said, it, just, it crushed me. The word laid bare a worldview that held black folks as a lower order of beings. As when, um, when he said Irene Robinson claimed her former master, Mr. Saunders, was mean in part because he beat his wife like he beat a nigger woman. So the word nigger all, also you know, uh, signaled uh, and what they call empathy, you know, toward uh, fellow black people, okay? So after the end of slavery, um, a woman named Maddie Mormon went north to Wisconsin with a white family for whom she worked, and members of her family wanted her to go to the circus to watch a black boy's performance. And she told her interviewer, I guess they thought it would be a treat for me to see another nigga. I told him, law, don't, don't, don't you think I see a lot, a lot more than I want? Every day is when, I, and this is her language, when I is at home, okay? But read how she talks about the family's baby, whom she constantly watched over, fearing irrationally someone would kidnap him. No matter what time they come home, they'd find me there. Why don't you go in your bedroom and lie down, they ask me. No, I tell them. Nobody might come, somebody might come in, and they would take the baby over my dead body. Her eyes fixated on the white baby, but she saw too many niggas. That, that's, that's the mentality that we, we, we have, we're following and that we have, okay? So when he ended up uh, following saying, I, I, I seek not the user of the word to the gallows. I harbor no arms to kill it. I can still bump a young thug back, okay? This is what Dave Chappelle said. He says that the N-word does not bar my enjoyment of popular culture. My soul, though, winches whenever I hear it. The decision for Black people to include it in their vocabulary nonetheless remains personal, and I reject the criticism of Black folks who continue to wield it. But I write only the the, the, the summons of the words of a former slave people from beyond the grave to express that nigger is haunted by the ghost of hate and the more spiritually chilling ghost of self-hatred. That's that's heavy. That that's really heavy. So they use it in the words every day. We use it every day. We may use it like they say in terms of endearment, but they say if you really knew where the word came from. You wouldn't use it anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's been my show today at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner. I'm going to give Lisa, Alex, and Chief any last words you want to say tonight regarding our topics we covered. I'm going to start with Lisa. Great show. Great show. I just, the more you talk, the more I have to say, but I know we only have a limited amount of time, so I will see you next week. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. (laughs) How about Alex? Uh, yes, um, great show tonight. Always enjoy the conversation, always learn something. Um, and I echo Lisa, there's a lot to talk about. Maybe um, in one of the upcoming shows we could talk about this real ID requirement that they're starting to make um, a, a federal law. There we go. Just set it up. We'll set it up for sure, okay? And we'll just okay. do it next week. Let's do it next week. Get all your homework together. We'll have a show featuring Lisa and Alex on the new ID. Oh, yeah, well, that sounds okay. good on the new ID. All right, Chief. Okay. Check us out, Chief. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was talking to um, a cousin of mine a couple of weeks ago in, in Oklahoma, and she and I was asking her about the family history from her side, from her grandmother, and uh, which is my uh, aunt, great aunt, and she said when they were coming up, they were not allowed to ask any questions about their grandparents' past. You were subject to getting slapped in the face with a dirty slap if you were to ask about their past and what happened to them or with their parents. 
another idea, I was just thinking about it when you were talking, is maybe we ought to have um, some real slave stories. Everybody mm-hmm. call in yeah. with a slave story. Yeah. And I ran across one the other day, and real quick, and I, I know everybody's ready to go to sleep. And this, this young Nigerian brother, 14 years old, who was captured you know, out in the bush to come over here into slavery. And so they put him on the boat, and he had never seen anything that huge before, it was that slave ship, you know, because he was out in the bush. Then he got on, and he was hungry, and so he was asking the overseers there on the, on the boat, uh, no, actually, they were trying to offer him food, and he rejected it because he didn't know what was up. And when he rejected the food, then they took him up aboard and beat that boy with a whip. And he lived. He passed out due to the extreme pain. But he passed out. But then when they brought him into America... Um, he did relay that story on to uh, his family, and so it was passed down. And so I just heard this story just a few days ago uh, because this this white man was compiling uh, slave stories and stuff. And then I started looking into this stuff, and, and then I did a lot of research on these slave vessels and how many slaves were taken and I'm actually going to be doing a, a guest panel on that this weekend where I'm going to have a, a, a family of elders up and with the youth coming up to ask questions to the elders about their history. And so mm-hmm. I think that um, we need to start doing that on these shows too. Is I think that if we start reflecting on our painful history and relaying that, to our youth of today who have have total absence of knowledge of what has happened, I think that they'll have a great more deal of respect for one another and they won't get out here and start killing each other and getting into these stupid blue and red gangs and all of this nonsense and trying to take over territory that they don't even own. So let's think about it henceforth going forward. Yes, very good. Yes, great shows. That would be great, great shows. So, okay. Well, your show is going to be this Saturday, correct? Uh, no, I have to do a family reunion this weekend, and so I'm going to be doing this panel discussion okay. on Saturday. And so, um, so I'll be back on the following week. All right, very good, very good. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roswell's Corner. Uh, again, uh, listen to our shows through the week. We have some great topics, everybody. And also go to our website at www.t25cl.com and enjoy all the information and especially music and especially United We Stand. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Chief, for joining me tonight. And always, it's been a pleasure. Everyone, have a good night. Good night, everybody. Okay. Good night. Good night. Okay. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.